This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hi everybody, it's Doc from the John Freakamere Pod, and I want to let you know about our new website on WordPress. Take a few minutes and check it out. You'll be able to find pictures of the pod's guests, links to the podcast and social media accounts, ways to support the pod, how to get in touch, and our entire back catalog is there, including episode summaries. Missed these sections of the JMT episodes? You can find them there. Missed a Triple Crowner episode? Yep, that's there too. World travelers, adventure athletes, polar explorers, Barkley Marathon competitors, authors, filmmakers, documentarians, and more are waiting for you. Take a look at the new website, and just a reminder, adventure lives here. Two words, three vowels, four consonants, seven letters. It can either cut you open to the core and leave you in ungodly pain, or it can free your soul and lift a tremendous weight off your shoulders. The phrase is, it's over. Maggie Richard. So finished the JMT, right? And, uh, you know, might have got broken up with as I was flying back from Reno. Um, That was great. So that just kind of catapulted me to make the most of my summer, which was awesome. So I actually wouldn't have had it any other way. So So before you go on to that, before you go on to your next adventure, Mm -hmm. was she on the JMT with you? No. So... She was back home in Oregon and, um, you know, you don't really, I mean, I had an in reach, but like I could barely communicate on that freaking thing. Mm-hmm. It was like 
texting dinosaurs in the stone age and uh so kind of communicated there but yeah so she was back home the whole time and uh reno airport man oh, <laughs> ouch you know, we've talked about before when you're on the trail with a significant other there is no hiding i mean yeah. you're you're out there 24 7 you see the best and the worst of, of folks out there i mean it's it's it is what it is there's no hiding things out on yep. the trail and so i was going to ask if she saw the true you but evidently <laughs> evidently she she uh she appreciated the your absence <laughs> And said, "Hey, that get used to this." Straight up, man. It's like, oh, he quit bothering me. Sweet, yeah. Um. <laughs> I'm Doc, and this is the John Freaking Muir Pod. Welcome to the John Freaking Muir Pod. Lace up those boots and sling on the pack for a romp through trails, short and long. With your host and renaissance man, Doc, it's time to embrace the suck. Welcome back to another week on the trail. I'm Doc, and this is the John Freaking Muir Pod. Let's start off with a reminder. If you are enjoying the podcast, take just a minute and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're not enjoying the pod, well, just go ahead and keep that to yourself. Okay, let's get down to this week's episode. Well, it's a small world, even on the hiking accounts on Instagram. Most of you will remember our friend from the UK, PJ, or maybe you'll remember his Instagram handle, No Hike to Through Hike. Well, shortly after my interview with him and our discussion about his instant obsession with hiking, I just happened to stumble across the Instagram account of this week's guest, Chattahoochee. And I reached out to see if he wanted to share some of his adventures on the pod. Literally the next day, PJ sends me a message saying, Hey, you should talk to Chattahoochee and see if he wants to come on, on the, come on the show and talk. Great minds think alike. And it's truly a small world. Welcome to the show, Chattahoochee. Hey, hey man, how's it going? <laughs> so the first thing I have to ask is, do you know PJ or are you familiar with his account? So PJ and I, so we kind of like linked up right before um, everything happened with COVID and, and all that kind of mess kind of happened. So basically we were, we were both going to do like a Nobo route of the JMT. And so we somehow found each other on Instagram, um, added each other and kind of talked about, you know, the Nobo route and all that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, then of course like COVID hits, you know, and then all of a sudden like, you know, his, his circumstances around the JMT look like they're in limbo. And like, I was like, dude, that sucks, you know, cause he's overseas. And, um, and so, yeah, so we've, we've kind of just chatted on and off since then and, you know, kind of doing um, similar content and things like that. And I, I really enjoyed that he, you know, he couldn't do the JMT ultimately, but he pivoted, you know, ended up doing some other hikes, doing some content and things like that. So we might have a partnership as well down the road in some areas because I know he's like a PT guy and, and I'm kind of interested in that, especially for hikers too, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> nice. Now, now I know he was, his trip was derailed by the whole COVID thing, but you, on the other hand, you were able to get out. Is that correct? You bet, man. Yep. I was able to get out. I was fortunate enough. Um, I'm just from Oregon, like I said, and uh, yeah, it actually wasn't too far of a trip down there to, um, to cotton or what was it? Horseshoe Meadows. And well, I guess it was kind of a long, <laughs> it was kind of a long, it was like a flight, then a bus ride, then like a taxi. It was all this whole thing. You know how it goes. So, yeah. um, but no, it, it was great. 
fortunate enough to actually uh yeah be local and be kind of close so yeah fantastic i'm glad you're able to get out there that gives us some material to talk about this episode mm -hmm. you bet all right hey have you listened to the podcast before so I've been listening to, I listened to the one with PJ and then I also listened to the one with uh, halfway anywhere Mac. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And w which by the way, random on my first day out of horseshoe meadows, right? I'm walking. It's hot as hell. I'm walking. I'm like, dang, it's, you know, it's pretty hot. <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm just, you know, thinking all those thoughts to myself. Hadn't seen anybody, had not seen one person. It's like noon. And I'm like, where is everybody on this trail? Right. Who's the first person I see on the John Muir trail is Mac from halfway anywhere. No kidding. No and I no literally, way. no, I'm literally, I'm talking to him and I'm like, I'm talking to him. I'm like, dude, you look really familiar. Like you, you remind me of this guy that does the blog, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah, that's me or whatever. And so yeah, it was great, dude. We chit chatted for a little bit and added each other on IG and stuff. And it was great. <laughs> That's awesome. That almost yeah. sounds like a Tony Hawk encounter. You ever heard these stories about Tony Hawk? No. Where he, he you know, you know who Tony Hawk is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he will, you know, he, he'll go to random appointments or uh, reservations and people will say, hey, you look like Tony Hawk. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, you know, I get that a lot. You know, he, he kind of plays it off. Oh, that's amazing. That's great. <laughs> Tony Hawk, man. <laughs> Now, Tony Hawk on the JMT, that would be something else right there. That would be totally crazy. <laughs> I've got to reach out to him and see if he's done it. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So the reason why I asked if you would listen to the podcast, I want to make sure that you're familiar with a regular feature that we have, and that is the pro tip insight of the week. Yes. Yep. Okay. So yep. at the end of the episode, I'll turn to you and I'll say, yep. hey, Chattahoochee, what can you share with yep. our listeners to make their next adventure that much more epic? what a uh, little insider or, or tip or trick. So don't be surprised when we get there. Yep. You bet. Okay. Hey, another feature we've been doing this season is the must bring gear review. Here's how it works. If you're less stranger, pack your bag with pretty much generic gear for a multi-day hike. What is the one specific piece of gear you would insist on being packed? And if you've got a, a particular brand for that specific piece of gear, even better. So, <sighs> Oh, that's a great one. That is a great one. So it has to be a generic piece of gear or just it can be any, any piece of gear. Like no, a good so, piece. Yeah. So somebody's going to pack your bag, but you're, you're saying to them, Hey, you know what? I have to bring this specific piece of gear. Mm -hmm. What would it, what would it be for, for Chattahoochee? What okay. is your, your go-to piece of well, equipment out there? Well, okay. I'm going to give you two. Okay. Okay. The first one. Okay. The first one is, is pretty self-explanatory, right? I just picked up this, um, Western Mountaineering ultralight sleeping bag. Absolutely love it. I may or may not have spent my stimulus check on it, but um, it was totally worth it. I've never had like a really, really nice sleeping bag. And um, I will tell you what, this thing is, is, is awesome. I, I really love it. So Western Mountaineering ultralight bag, down bag. It's awesome. So um, it's down. What is it rated to? It's rated to 20. And, um, I actually just had it out. We did a winter backpack over at Crater Lake and in the snow a couple of weeks, actually over Thanksgiving and put a little, just a little sleeping bag liner in it as well. Mm -hmm. Got down to like 17 or something. And I was literally actually hot. Like I had to like, actually like take it off every once in a while. <laughs> one of those things. Right. Um, yep. And then, but my second one, okay. 
My second one is before you before you get to your okay. second one. Let's let's okay. let's stick with your sleep system just for a okay. second. Gotcha. Do you what, what is your what is your accompanying pad? And are you a a cowboy camper or do you tent or tarp it? Dude, great questions. Great questions. Okay, so my pad is a climate static V light, mm-hmm. dude. And I don't. I've tried to like rationalize buying on a more expensive pad, and I just can't do it. Like it's this pad. The specs are awesome. You look at it, very comparable to those um, Thermalites, and man, I just love it. Um, yeah, I've got the same one. It's awesome. Dude, and it's like 80 bucks. I'm like, mm-hmm. why are people – I don't understand. So, yeah, awesome pad, right? And I kind of like, like, you know, it's kind of comfy. I don't know. It's mm-hmm. kind of like you kind of get in there. Um, and then, so um, – wait, what was the other part of the question? I forget uh, now. Tent it, tarp it, cowboy camp. Okay. So I actually just got a Gossamer Gear, the one. Mm. And so it's a trekking pole tent. But mm. what I used on the JMT was the Big Agnes Fly Creek UL2. Um, but I have dabbled around a little bit last summer with the cowboy camping, mm-hmm. as well as tarp uh, camping. And I will say I love cowboy camping when when – when I'm around like other people, I don't really like doing it when I'm like by myself. I kind of, I'm a little scared, (laughs) but dude, it is, it is great. Just, you know, waking up in the middle of the night and you see the stars and stuff. And it's, that's pretty cool. So I'm going to do some more of that this year, I think too. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you have done some tarp uh, camping. Yeah. So this company uh, sent me a tarp and I'm not sure if I set it up right, but (laughs) it worked. I mean, it didn't rain that night. So I was like kind of essentially cowboy camping, but um, yeah, I I like those like actual tarp tents, like that company, you know, like where um, you can actually put the trekking poles in them and stuff like that. So I've been interested in that too. Um, Just, you know, around in Oregon, it doesn't really rain in the summer at all ever. Mm -hmm. So it'd be a decent time to do it. I think practice with it. I went down the rabbit hole with tarps a little bit, uh, spent hours on, a, you know, on the weekend watching tarp videos on YouTube yeah. and, and the different pitches. And yeah, uh, I'm pretty happy with my, with my tarp. I, I even, to my de- detriment, I took it out on a uh, September hike last year, uh, actually 2019 up by uh, thousand Island Lake on the JMT. Mm-hmm. And I probably should have gone tent, probably should have gone with a sleeping bag, but I was, I was uh, you know, doing the tarp, doing the quilt and six layers of clothing and uh i survived the night but it was it was chilly <laughs> oh my god dude <laughs> dude that was like my coldest night on the jmt was sleeping at thousand islands lake yeah. thousand islands lakes or whatever and oh my god i can't imagine that in september dude god, good for you though <laughs> that's awesome yeah uh, all right hey so you had a second piece of gear you were gonna talk about Okay, well, this one, we'll probably get into this when we talk about the JMT, but SPF chapstick. I know it's not a piece of gear. It's like kind of a, I don't know what you'd call it, but uh, toiletry, but SPF chapstick, especially when you're in like an exposed area like the JMT, is critical. That would be my other piece. <laughs> nice. Like yeah. it. Like yeah. it. Yeah. All right. So let's uh, let's get into some background here on you. Um, I'll start off with your trail name. So I'm assuming Chattahoochee is your trail name. It's not actually what appears on your driver's license, correct? Right? That's so funny, man. So okay, Chattahoochee is actually not even my trail name. My 
I don't even actually have a trail name. Um, so here's the thing. But you know what? I might just make Chattahoochee my trail name, although I can't give it to myself, really, can I? But uh, Chattahoochee was given to me in college, which was, yeah, a few years ago. So um, we kind of like, like a trail name, right? <laughs> in college, you're on the trail. Dude, that's totally right. <laughs> totally true. Maybe I'll, I might just stick with it because I feel like if I change my Instagram now, people are going to be like, what the heck? Um, yeah, no, I don't have a trail name yet. I I have a weird hiking style. I kind of hike solo, and then I'll hike with people for a couple days, and I'll hike solo, and then I'll hike. I just have, like, a weird, like, I don't know, a rhythm or something, or people get off trail, and then I don't want to push the trail name either. Like, I just want to kind of happen organically sort of thing, but, you know, we never know. Maybe we'll just stick with Chattahoochee. Yeah, <laughs> tough for solo hikers to pick up trail names because you know, yeah. they're, they're not with anybody. Dude, I know. It's the worst. That's like what PJ was saying, too. Like, I was listening to his. He's like, yeah, I don't really have one because I kind of solo hike. And I know. I'm like, I get it, dude. So, yeah. Nice. So, you're in Oregon now. Where did you grow up? And uh, tell us about your, your family growing up. And did you guys mm-hmm. do hiking activities? Is that where this all started? Yeah, great question. So I actually, uh, so I'm in Oregon now. Yeah, I actually grew up in Wisconsin. So go Packers. Um, and yeah, I'm a cheesehead. So my and my parents are very hardcore Packer fans. They actually named my brother and sister Brett after Brett Favre, and uh-huh. then Brittany after his daughter in '97 when they were born. And the Packers also won the Super Bowl. So yeah, wow. it's it's kind of like in the blood. So, so yeah, are, so, I was, so we're we're having this interview. This this episode comes out on March 6th. So the right. Super Bowl will be done by then. But right mm-hmm. now, uh, looking good. Today is January 4th. That, that we're doing the interview on the gen, on January 4th. The Packers won yesterday, secured the number one seed in the the NFC. Uh, they're looking pretty good. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, how many touchdowns did he have and only five interceptions? Exactly. Yeah. I, I'll be strong. honest with you. Yeah. I'll be honest with you, dude. I, I am not like the, I, God, I'm such a bad Packer fan compared to everybody at home. Like they would be so embarrassed. Like I barely watch football anymore. And like, so, but I mean, if they're going to, if they're going to go to the Super Bowl, I'm going to watch that. Right. Like there's some Packer, cool Packer bars down in Portland, although they probably won't be open, but uh, that'd be fun to go <laughs> yeah. to, you know what I mean? So, but, uh, but yeah, so I was raised, uh, we had like 40 acres, like, um, like in our backyard. So just kind of like woods and stuff like that. So did some like deer hunting and, and all that kind of stuff. But honestly, like we weren't a camping family at all. Like I'd never, I never camped at all ever, mm-hmm. um, with, with my parents. Um, I was just kind of more just like in the woods, like all day when I was younger and then would come home, sleep at the house or whatever. But yeah, we never did like camping trips. My dad was like, <laughs> I actually just asked my dad about this like the other day. He was kind of like, well, why, why would we go out to drive somewhere to go camp when we have like woods in our, you know, sort of thing. So he wasn't that big into it. Mom was more into nature. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so then anyway, moved out to Oregon and, uh, love it here, man. I mean, I love the Pacific Northwest once you get used to the rain. So Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. What, What part of Oregon are you in? So I am in McMinnville. So it's the Willamette Valley. Um, so it's like where, whenever you read those history books, that's where all the pioneers were trying to get to, right? Like on the Oregon trails, the Willamette Valley. So right in there, um, pretty close to the coast, Portland, Mount Hood. Yeah. Okay. So I, my oldest daughter attended Southern Oregon university in Ashland. By oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's like, time. yeah, that's, that's like pretty much California, right? Like five, yeah. it's like five hours South of me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's cool. Got it. So what was, what was the moment that got you into through hiking? I mean, what, 
I call it the butterfly effect moment. You know, there's uh, some people yeah. have a, a, a random conversation with somebody and hear about the, the JMT or the PCT, or they, they have a random thought. And yeah. based on that little encounter, that little interaction or that thought, you know, their life takes a, a change and they pick up this hobby where they think it's, it's nice to, you know, carry everything you need uh, on your back, you know, 30, yeah. 40 pounds and go, go live like you're homeless for, for weeks on end. <laughs> Dude, seriously, right? Well, it all started with this movie with Reese Witherspoon. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, my uh, God. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, you know, honestly, dude, I think it was like this whole building up of things. I think it was like a bunch of little things that finally like catapulted me to actually go do something. Um, I look back sometimes like on my old photos on my phone and um, I always have like these screenshots of like the PCT or like AT things or like information that I never like followed up on, but I would like store and like, I would think I was going to come back to, but I never did. But then, um, I think I watched like that mile, mile and a half, that JMT Mm -hmm. documentary, right. It was a really good one. Good. Um, they were going Southbound and you know, regular people. Um, and so that was cool. And then I ended up reading, um, this book called, it was called through hiking will break your heart. It was by uh, carrot Quinn. Yes. I've read that too. Yeah, it's a good, it's very descriptive. I mean, like to the T, like every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, and like, I really synced up with her way of thinking, especially when prior to doing the trail, like waking up, checking your phone, your whole life revolves around the internet, da, 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 right? And uh, so that I ended up buying like, you know, one of those guidebooks, the PCT Oregon section hiking guidebook, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm like, I go past it all the time. Sandy Ann Pass, I'm always going past this thing. And so anyway, started reading that, was like deeply enthralled in that, underlining things, like everything, you know, and then just decided I'm going to go um, do a section hike and see what I think of it. And I learned a ton. So, and that's just, what, and then, yeah, I, that's just what started it. I mean, I loved it. Loved it. Nice. I've yeah. got another book for you. If you haven't listened to the episode, I was able to talk to Barney Scout Man. Oh, yeah. He is a, uh, he's, he's legendary. Mm-hmm. And he wrote a book. It was a book about, as a memoir about his 2007 through hike of the PCT. Okay. Okay. It's called, it's called Journeys North. And talk about feeling like you're right there in the moment on the trail. I mean, it was, it was pretty, pretty epic. Dude, you're giving me the goosebumps right now. I saw that, um, yeah, I saw that he wrote a book and I know, and I've, I know who he is. Like, he's kind of the guy that like invites the people in right. and does right. that at, at the, by San Diego there and stuff. Mm-hmm. And yep. dude, sweet. Okay. Awesome. Thank you for that. Write that down. So I'm looking through the, uh, the hiking resume that you sent over and I don't see a long trail on here. I mean, I, JMT is 211 miles, but I don't yeah. see a, I don't see a Pacific crest trail. I don't see an Appalachian trail, <laughs> continental divide trail, any interest and I see how you light up when you're talking about it. Any interest in eventually doing a long trail or multiple long trails? Yeah, don't let my work hear this, but yeah, um, no, I have been. Um, oh, I've been planning. I've been planning. I have the money to do it. I can do it if I want to. Um, it's it's all about. Um, I've told myself I'm going to do it within the next. It's going to be two to four years for sure, and it's going to the number one one is going to be the PCT. Um, that's the one I want to do. That's the one that kind of feels home to me. Um, I don't know if I have that much interest in the AT just because it's kind of like a green tunnel from what I see, but probably people could correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, I kind of see that with Oregon a lot of times. Um, the CDT for sure, for sure. The Colorado trail, 
Yes. Um, so those really get me going. So next two to four years, Chattahoochee is going to be on the PCT. And uh, my, the, my stunning girlfriend that I just got, which Haley, I'm shouting her out. So I've got to keep that in there. <laughs> um, she's down with it. Yeah. She, right now? She, right, no, <laughs> nope. She's not listening yet, but she will be on, in March. Um, but yeah, she's down with, with me doing it at some point. So um, that's a big, that's a big deal too. So yeah. Well, a couple things there. One is obviously Mac from halfway anywhere has rubbed off on you. Cause he's not a big AT fan. I don't know if you listen to that episode. <laughs> he's like no interest in doing the AT. His website, yeah, yeah. As you know, only has the PCT and the, uh, the CDT on it resources and, and you know, information about those. I'm like, where's the AT? And he's like, Oh no, I've got no interest in doing the AT. <laughs> And so uh, I, I have a prediction, though. If you do the PCT mm-hmm. and if you do the CDT, mm-hmm. that's going to be weighing on you. You're like, yeah, you no, know, I'm only one trail away from being a triple crowner. Uh, uh, you know, I, I think if you do those two first, you might be pulled into doing the AT. Yeah, you already know me too well. I, I, I would do it at that point for sure. <laughs> yeah, I would have to. Why wouldn't I? Yeah, you'd have to complete it to be a triple crowner. That'd be sweet. Yeah. 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 And Haley, Haley, mm-hmm. is she also a hiker? She is. She is. And we got some hikes planned for later in this summer. She's working up to this uh, mailbox peak in the North Cascades. So we've been doing some hikes and planning them. And so I think it's going to be, it's going to be a good summer with her as well. So it's, it's kind of fun, like progressing with someone else as well. So to do it. Yeah. Well, tell her to pause or or not listen to this section of the, of the, of the episode. Are you going to try and get her hooked so that you can get her on the PCT with you? (laughs) She actually is like, well, <laughs> when we first met, she's like, okay, I have a confession. I'm a not that big of a camper. <laughs> like, I'm more of a day hiker. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? That's cool. Like, I can just go do my own thing and I can see some more front country stuff with you. Like, that's, you know, because I probably wouldn't do it anyway. So, like, yeah, that, that works. <laughs> Well, it's just a series of day hikes strung together over the course of <laughs> You're right. Exactly. I'll explain it to her that way too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned a little bit, uh, you said, don't let your job hear about this discussion of the, of yeah. the, the PCT. What is it that you yeah. do to earn money and fund, fund your adventures? Yeah. So I actually work um, for Yamhill County. Um, I work for the parole and probation department. But what I do is I do cognitive behavioral therapy type work. So I'm actually working with people that come out on pro and probation and their POs will send them over to me. And then I kind of just help them uh, kind of fix, I don't want to say fix thinking, but kind of like change their perceptions, change their philosophy on, on how to view the world and stuff like that. And so that they're not out committing crimes really, <laughs> to be honest with you. So, yeah. So anyway, I get, I actually, I'm very fortunate to get a lot of time off with them. So, um, yeah, like I got, you know, a couple weeks off for the JMT. That was awesome. And, you know, all paid. And so for right now, it's awesome. It it really does work. But when you think about something every day, you know, like the PCT or something like that, um, you're eventually, and and if you never do it, like you're going to resent yourself and wherever you're working. So I got to do it. Yeah. Right. Uh, Well, cognitive behavior therapy. Yeah. That sounds like an episode all in itself right there. (laughs) Stories. Yeah, I do. I do, man. Yeah. We had a lot of good stories and, uh, 
you know, fortunately right now we're all remote, like, you know, kind of like what we're doing right now. So, um, although like, you know, we couldn't figure, I couldn't figure out the zoom meeting cause we do teams, Microsoft teams, uh-huh. but, it but yeah, no, it's a, it's a good, it's a good gig. Yeah. For our listeners out there, uh, Chattahoochee and I were looking at each other and mouthing <laughs> words. We couldn't hear each other, but we got it figured out. So here we are. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's talk about some of the, uh, the adventures you've gone on. Yes. Uh, where would you like to start with this? Well, I guess probably with my first, my first section hike, probably right. probably the best place to start. Um, so yeah. Um, after reading that book, I was like, okay. So at first I was just like, I'm just going to do like this hundred mile section hike and I'm just going to, you know, hundred miles is a lot to me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if I can do this, this is going to be mind blowing. Right. And so I'm like, I'm going to do it solo. Like, you know, I don't need any help, blah, 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 whatever. So I go on this, I go out and, uh, first of all, I take the wrong turn out of the trailhead. I I'm in this like ski area, the Willamette pass ski area. I took a left instead of a right. I was already dude, literally like five minutes into the trail. I'm like, Whoa. Anyway, I, uh, camp that night at this place called Bobby Lake beautiful lake storm rolling in I was like shoot like I'm under these trees you know it's kind of like, like there's mosquitoes everywhere I'm like dude what is going like this isn't what I thought it was gonna be right and this this older gentleman rolls up and I'm like where did this guy even come from and he's all eccentric you know and and I'm like what's up man and he's like he's like hey I'm salty dog <laughs> and I'm like okay whatever dude and uh you know did I think you, he's did kind you, of did you understand the concept of trail names at that point a little bit but like not not to, I was like you've never had anybody to, anybody no. introduce themselves as salty dog or yeah like, no I was kind of like or right it, that was like kind of my first interaction with like an actual like legit through hiker mm-hmm. um and so we started talking and he is 68 years old he threw hike the at at 65 and now he's finishing up his section from california to canada on the pct because he got hurt last year on the pct mm-hmm. so i randomly meet him right awesome guy but i'm like well you know I'm, I'm gonna leave him in the dust the next day we wake up the next day beautiful morning sun's coming up and uh, we start hiking together this dude's out hiking me at 68, just a stud, right? And so anyway, we, we hiked like the rest of the days together. We experienced rain, thunderstorms, snow, mesquite, like everything, this whole gamut of things. And I learned so much from this guy. I mean, you know, it was like having a mentor that you were with, you know, 24 hours a day mm-hmm. for six or seven days or however long it was. And uh, my learning just increased exponentially. The biggest thing that I learned was like how to be efficient on trail. I was so inefficient, dude. Like I was, I didn't have, I didn't have pockets on my backpack for whatever reason. And so every time I was hungry, which was all the time, I would have to take off my bag, go into the lid, open up the lid, da 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 And, uh, you know, he just like little things like that, man, um, that I would learn to do along the way, it just opened up a lot of things for me. So that was the first thing that I did. Um, and then, so then like a week later, I was like, well, I'm going to do it again, but I'm going to do longer and I'm going to pick up where I was. So I do 150 miles from Santa Ana pass to Washington state. And, you know, salty was off trail or, well, he was on trail, but ahead of me at that time. So I had to, uh, p- meet some new people. Um, but 
yeah. And so then I finished that and again, was hooked already trying to figure out what I was going to do next year after that. So, <laughs> yeah. So that, that was it a summer that you were doing this? Yeah, this was in the summer. So that's when um, you did 250 miles on the PCT through yeah. Oregon? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. yep. And you touched on it a little bit uh, in your discussion here. You said uh, it wasn't what you expected. So I want, <laughs> I want to hear from you, you know, the preparation that you did, what you expected it to be like, and what did you run into? I mean, yeah. I, know, I know the wrong turn. I know the mosquitoes, but yeah. I, I know that as we're, as we're looking forward to something, we're doing all this research, we have in our minds what it's going to be like, and then we get out there and it's, it's totally different. It's totally different. Yeah. So, I mean, of course, you know, you, you watch the videos, you know, and all that. And a lot of times they're really portraying the positive side of the hiking, which, which is great. Like, and you know, my videos do that a lot too, but And so I think you have that in your mind and I think it's easy to discount when they're going through some crap, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and you're not really feeling that when you're watching the videos either. So you're just, you're really focusing on that positive stuff. And so when you get out there, you think it's going to be all rainbows and butterflies and stars and mountains and, you know, icy streams and, you know, all this magical stuff. But in reality, everybody would do this. But the problem is, is nobody, once you get out there and experience all the things that come with it, like, cause there's a pros and cons to it, right? Like you have to, you have to give a little something to be out there, um, uh, to experience that. And so I think, um, yeah, that's what I just wasn't ready for. I wasn't ready for all those little, little weird things that pop up when you're out there for an extended period of time. It's easy to do when you're on an overnighter. Cause you're just like, Oh, I'll deal with this for a night and then I'll be good. Right. Mm-hmm. And but with this one, like on my second day, I was chafing so bad, so bad. And you know how that, I mean, you can't even like walk like it. You literally cannot walk. And thank God I brought body glide. I might actually change my gear to that. <laughs> <laughs> I brought body glide and, but dude, I was laying in my tent and I was like, I don't think I'm going to make this. Like I, and I told everybody I was going to do this. You have all this pressure, right? And you're laying there like, I. what am I going to say? I chafed between my thighs. But, you know, it's just these things that you don't think of and nobody really tells you. It's hard to research prior be- before you actually uh, experience it. So, yeah. yeah, there's not a lot of chafing websites out there. <laughs> I think our, our listeners are going to appreciate, you know, for our first time hikers out there, people who are tuning in thinking, you know, I want to do this. They now know about the dangers of chafing. So. Oh, my God. God, well done. Dude, well done. So bad. You always carry body glide on you. It literally saved my whole hike. I, I was a hundred percent the next day. It was great. <laughs> yeah. Nice. You mentioned videos. Do you have uh I've seen your Instagram account. Do you have a YouTube channel as well? Yeah, dude. Um I actually did a 14 series uh chapter series on the JMT. Oh, and I've been getting out. some really yeah, dude. I've been getting some really good responses off of it. Um, just uploaded a video, like 10 things I learned on the JM or wish I wish I knew before the JMT. That one's been doing really well, getting some good comments on it and things. So yeah, my YouTube channels, I really enjoy creating videos almost as much as I like hiking. So um, yeah. Okay. And now you mentioned it. I have to, I have to pin you down on it. What are the 10 things that you wish you knew before you hiked the JMT? Oh my God. Well, now you're putting me on. <laughs> I can't remember them all. Oh, I, well, I did write an article for the Trek as well. That kind of outlines some of this. And actually, I think I actually have this up in the background. Okay. Do you want to hear them? I do want to hear this them. Is our, our listeners okay. want to hear them. 
Okay, this is actually, well, okay, so this is actually nine things I learned on the JMT, but my video was 10, and I can't remember the 10th, so. Okay, <laughs> okay so n number one is altitude is no joke. Uh, number two, just buy those silly-looking gators. Uh, well, let's, before, let's not just okay. list them. I want, a, I want a little bit of explanation okay. with each one. So altitude okay. is no joke. When did, when did you realize this on the trail? Dude, the first day. I... <laughs> So freaking when I told you I met Mac, right? He's like, dude, you gotta, you gotta, uh, get to guitar Lake today or somewhere around there. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, dude, like, yeah, we'll see how I'm feeling. You know? Oh my God, man. By the end of, by the end of that day, I barely made it to Crabtree Meadows. I, I rolled up in there and I would, dude, I was feeling so bad. I couldn't eat. Like I was so hungry and like, I could, I just couldn't eat. And I just like went to bed. I had a headache terrible i wake up the next day beautiful day i'm like all right i'm gonna go climb uh whitney <laughs> so <laughs> fourteen thousand five hundred feet why not because i felt amazing i felt great get up to whitney i'm dying on whitney of course there's the 1.9 from trail crest to the mm -hmm. summit right oh what do i bring half liter of water i'm like it's only 1.9 miles Oh my God. I was dying, dude. I get up to the top. I call my mom. She's like, are you drunk? Like, I'm like slurring my words. My buddy's like, you don't look so good. We better get down. So I get down and I'm laying in my tent that day or that night again at Crabtree Meadows. And I'm, I'm laying there and I'm like, dude, I'm like, I don't want to feel like this every single day. You know, I'm like, this sucks. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, but if I can get through this feeling, I can complete the trail, you know, because it was, again, was like the thing on the first section hike. Like I told everybody I was going to do this. I posted right. blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm not going to let those people that didn't think I could do this win. Right. You know, right. so that was, that played in there. But, uh, yeah, you, so published, yeah. you published it. You put it out in the universe that you were going to do something. Yeah. Now that pressure's on you. Just like at the beginning of this episode, you published out into the universe that you're going to be doing the PCT. Yeah. <laughs> I did. You're right. The pressure's on. I love it. I love it, man. I love it. Heck yeah. I love that, man. All right. So altitude is no joke. All right. Second yeah. one. Uh, let's see what we got here. Okay. So I have just buy those silly looking gaiters. So I, I don't know if you wear gaiters or not, like, you know, those little ankle things, yeah. but dude, like I, I always thought prior to the JMT, I would see people wearing them and I was like, what are like, I don't know. They're silly. You know, of course, again, going god it sounds like all i did on the jmt was talk to mac i guess but i was talking to mac on the first day and i i noticed he had gators and i'm like dude like i think i really screwed up like not bringing these because like that first i mean i don't even know how many miles it is but like you're in a sandbox and it's just you know i wear those ultras and the the back thing is flipping stuff into your shoe and you're like dude you're emptying out your shoes every two miles you're like got three pounds in there and so anyway, that's something that I would definitely do. And I have now gotten my gaiters and I always wear them. So, okay. Very good. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's see. Okay. Number three kind of goes off of that gear thing was, okay. So Burt's Bees lip balm sucks. Uh, so basically I, I was an idiot and I brought uh, lip balm that didn't have SPF chaps or stuff in it so mm -hmm. it was just regular lip balm my lips got so incredibly chapped like to the point where i had to lick them like off of my mouth every morning it, i know dude pretty romantic right like it yeah. was 
it was bad. I had to eat like a burger with a fork once I got to VVR. It was terrible. <laughs> yeah, Haley, Haley, if you're listening, he brings the, the, the SPF limb, lip balm. Dude, seriously, straight up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, let's see. Okay, so number four. This one was a big one for me. So the JMT is extremely exposed, right? I mean, even, you know, you have a background of, um, of that lake there in uh, – I forget where it was again, but – Evolution Lake. Evolution Lake. Mm-hmm. So everywhere on the JMT was extremely exposed. I'm used to like Oregon, right, where it's kind of a green tunnel. You're shaded. A lot. I mean, it can get hot, but you're kind of mm-hmm. shaded a lot. You're not really above tree line. I mean, you're above tree line for so much of the JMT, right? right? Yep. Um, and that really wore me down. I'm not that good in hot weather. I'm striving to get better, but um, the sun really wore me down. I, I didn't anticipate it being that dry and like that just, just – you know, it's the sun is stronger out of those higher elevations too. It just beat into you. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like having some sun, some kind of sun gear, long sleeve shirt for sure. Yeah. You know, um, so that was a big one. Okay. Uh, I have number five. So that one is say goodbye to Google. So basically what I mean by that is there's no service on this trail anywhere. I mean, I think I had service at, at the top of Mount Whitney when I was like allegedly drunk like, and then uh, near Red's Meadow and then Yosemite. Mm-hmm. But for, I mean, fricking 12 days, I mean, I didn't have any, any service. Me and my buddy, what, what was it? I'm reading it here. Oh yeah. We kept arguing the meaning of the war of attrition and we couldn't Google it to see like what it meant. So we're like both arguing with each other. <laughs> And, you know, like we couldn't figure it out. But um, so I didn't realize it was going to be that desolate and void of service. But it was pretty cool. So it was like, it was like you were back in the 90s and you did not have the, the Internet in your pocket. Yeah, it was crazy, dude. Yeah, it was absolutely crazy. Um, it, you know, every time I would summon a pass, I'd be like, oh, look, nothing. No bars. I mean, just dead. I'm like, all right, whatever, dude. So, yeah, so that was funny. Um, okay, so this is a good one. So number six. You're not going to hike as fast as you think. So, you know, prior to the JMT, I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm screwing around with my itinerary. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm going to hike 20 miles here. And you know what? I'm going to feel pretty good here. So I'm going to hike like 23. You know, and I'm in my air-conditioned room. You know, I'm in my shorts. I'm lounging. You know, I'm just – but, dude, once you get on, boots on the ground, it's totally different. And uh, – just the the sheer terrain of the JMT, especially compared to where I hike in the Cascades, mm-hmm. uh, toughest hiking I've ever done for sure, just because it was so rocky. Even like your descents w- would take a long time because they were steep and rocky and you had to f- find your footing. And so, yeah, it, it was it was tough hiking. It was tough hiking. Yeah, Chattahoochee, what, what is your hiking speed on flat terrain at like 6,000 feet? Well, I just got a GPS watch, so I could probably tell you that this summer. But I, okay. I think, well, I think it's like probably, I think it's only like two point five miles an hour. And I think it's because I'm always kind of screwing around with videos, and I'm like, yeah. I have to walk backwards, and then I'm like coming back or whatever. So I think it's like around there. I'm like not that fast of a hiker. Yeah, um, I, tr- I try to tell people that you know, even in the best conditions, with pa- with a pack on your back, you're probably doing at best, at best, three miles an hour. Mm-hmm. And then, if yeah. You, then if you throw an altitude, you know, if you're hiking on a flat path at altitude, 
you're going to be slower than that because there's just right. not enough air. There's not enough oxygen yeah. in, in the atmosphere there for you. And then if you're, if you're going up or if you're going down a severe down, uh, you're, you're doing you know, a lot less than that. I, yeah. I, I remember being under, under pack at altitude doing an incline and happy with you know, a mile an hour. Yes, absolutely. So. Yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah, I, I mean, cause I mean, so much of the JMT is like above 10,000 feet too. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And that is just, that is high, man. When you would, when I would get down to like nine, you know, 9,500 feet, I'd be like, wow, this is cake. Like, <laughs> this is great. You know what I mean? I'd be like, this is a treat, man. And, um, but yeah, totally right. Yeah. Okay. So you're not as fast as you think. <laughs> Not as fast as you think. Okay, number seven. This was a good one. So I went during the middle of July and then ended right before August. So for me, it it stormed every single day except for two days, and that was when I was near Yosemite Valley. Um, and yeah, I, I didn't anticipate that. Um, I mean, my my third day, I was camped at near the Forester Pass approach, and I elected to camp a little early because storms were rolling in. And they, you'll see on like the video that if you watch them, just battering my tent, just wind and, and it was funny. Like you, you'd hear, you know, people coming southbound and we'd swap storm stories like, oh, you were in that one. Oh yeah. And like, you'd get up to the top of a pass sometimes. Cause sometimes I would just learn to take a gamble. I was just like, screw it. Like I got cloud cover. This is actually pretty nice, you know, but uh, you'd, you'd see like all these pods of clouds around right and you know it would be in this base in here but not this one and, and all that kind of stuff you'd hear thunder and uh but it never ceased to not happen i mean it was always like from one o'clock to like four o'clock and every time man 12 of 14 days yeah wow that is yeah. nuts yeah and so so what is your what is number seven then what is your it's gonna rain more than you think or what, what, <laughs> what, what did you wish you knew Oh, well, it was, well, yeah, it was like, it may, it may store storm every single day. <laughs> so that was, that was all of this <laughs> really, really enticing and thought provoking. When, when in doubt, use your rain fly. <laughs> yes, exactly. Do it. No, seriously. We actually, my buddy did that. We were waiting for at the ferry for VVR and <laughs> rainstorm came up. He threw his rain fly over him. Yeah. Real talk. Um, number eight. Okay. Second to last one. So it was, it doesn't get exponentially easier easier after Vermilion Valley Resort. So I was going northbound and everything that I heard was, oh, like after VVR, it's going to get way easier, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh my God, I can't wait. And I still had like, I don't know, hundred miles or 90 miles left or something like that, you know? And I'm thinking it's just going to be cake, which I mean, relative to the first part of the JMT where you're Forrester, Whitney and all that kind of stuff, it was, but like, I got it in my mind that this was going to be like a cakewalk. Like it was going to be easy. And it just wasn't like, there was a lot of gain still to go for Northbounders. Um, and I calculated it out. It was still like a thousand more than the Southbounders. Cause I was like, God, it feels like all I'm doing is climbing <laughs> these last few days. But, uh, so don't let your guard down. Um, if you're going Northbound out of VVR. So that's what I would say. Yeah. Expectations versus reality again. Again, if you look at the map and you say, okay, here, here are the high passes and it's, it's all downhill from here. But a reality check, it is not all downhill. Dude, dude. Every day you'll be going uphill at some point. That's exactly what you had commented in uh, PJ's podcast, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because he's like, I was like, kind of like downhill from Whitney and you're like, 
No, dude, like, you still got uphill. Like, but I get what he's saying, like, and that's kind of how I thought about it, too, in my itinerary. I was like, oh, yeah, like, no. <laughs> yeah. So, um, okay, so the last one I had was, um, let's see, it was, it was basically, I don't even know if this one makes sense, but it was, it was trail legs and trail hardiness don't just magically appear. So what I learned from that first section hike with salty dog was like all about like kind of trail hardiness. I don't know if I'm making up a word or not, but <laughs> you know, it was just the fact that like you, like you have to expose yourself to this stuff to get mentally tough, you know, like, and once you keep pushing your comfort zone, what you thought was hard is now easy. And now you're going on to your next thing. Right. And so like, you need to, like, for me, it like happens, like it switches kind of like day three. I'm like, okay, now I'm in like, I kind of, I'm dirty. I'm smelly. Right. And like, I'm not civilized. Like I was on day one. I don't feel like it anyway. Right. And so now I, I feel like the, the switch has turned and I can, um, now I can actually roll out and, and, and encounter some of this tough stuff that I need to get done. Um, and one of the things that he talked about too was like salty dog was like, you know, when you are on a through hike, you don't want to spend too much time in town because you can get soft. And so like when I was at VVR, I just took a Nero that day, went to VVR, was out the next day, didn't want to stick around. I loved it. It was great mm -hmm. to shower after nine days, but like, I just wanted to get back on trail and get back in the groove. Right. I think there is definitely a mental component to this whole through hiking business and that uh, your, your mental endurance is just as important, if not more important than the physical endurance. Yep. And I've, I've heard, uh, you know, I do some running. I think you're also a runner from, mm -hmm. uh, I think you've done some ultras, mm -hmm. but um, one of the tips I heard early on as I was getting into running is never, never stop running um, never, never, never give in to a little minor ache or pain until you're at least a half an hour into your run. <laughs> you kind of, you know, you, That's give, good. you give your, your, your head the chance to, and your body to get, you know, acclimated to this. And Warmed up. Yeah. And yeah, same, I like that. Same thing with through hiking. You can't give up after, you know, two days, you got to stick with it. And on that third day, I, I agree. I think it's a, a really, really nice way of putting it is there's a switch in your head that kind of flips at some point and you're like, okay. I'm doing this. Yep. I'm doing it. Yep. This is what it is. Yeah. I almost think to your point about the physical and mental prep, right? Like I think, yeah, you can be physically fit. Right. And dude, there was, I mean, I know probably just from the Facebook groups and people that I know, I could probably count like eight to 10 people that I just know that quit the JMT. Right. And it wasn't a physical thing. It was, it was a total mental thing. Mm -hmm. And I think like preparing physically is very, very smart, especially for injury prevention. And I actually have a YouTube video that I just filmed that's coming out in a couple of weeks on that, like huge, right? Like, and, but the mental side of it, man, is so important. And that, uh, there's a book by Zach Davis, the Pacific crest trials. I don't know if you ever checked that one out, I but it's seen that one. No. It's a really good one. Zach Davis is like the owner of the track. Um, so Pacific Crest Trials. And he talks about like, you have to have a why, right? And um, make a list of like, what will happen if I don't complete this? What will happen if I do? That kind of stuff. Yeah. Same with running, man. Same with running. Yep. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. so. Okay. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to get into uh, 
if you have any more highlights from your your uh, your JMT hike from earlier this year, or actually cool. it's last year now, right? It's 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll go on to some of your other adventures. So stay tuned for that. We'll be right back. Hi, my name is Billy Yang. I'm a filmmaker and podcaster. I'm Elon Lieber. I'm a work in marketing for Quayer Coffees. And I'm Gabby Modier, and I'm a run coach. And you guys are listening to the John Freaking Muir podcast. All right, welcome back. We're talking to Chattahoochee. We just talked about the nine things that he wished he would have known before hiking the JMT. Some very good points there. All of them solid, solid pro tips. You're going to have to come up with something else, though, when we get to the end of the episode. Sorry yeah, to tell yeah. you. I got you. I got a good one. Okay. Very good. Now, um, any other highlights from the, from the JMT you want to share with the listeners out there? What was your, your favorite campsite or your favorite view on the trail? Uh, yes. Anything, anything at all you want to share with, with uh, other folks out there? Great, great question. Um, it, so what was, what is the lake? It starts with an R and I think it's right over, well, if you're going northbound, it's right over um, Selden Pass. It's those lakes in there, like right, no, it's not Ray Lakes. It's Marie Lakes. Marie Lakes. Okay. Marie. It's Marie Lakes. Um, so that was one of my, one of my favorite campsites and it was because when I woke up in the morning it was super cool I wake up in the morning and like the alpine glow like from the sun in the morning is actually hitting like the the back mountains in the background right and so it's kind of they're all lit up and they're kind of orange and stuff and I'm like sitting there and I'm like I'm like just packing up my gear and all of a sudden I think that there's kids yelling like on a jungle gym or something right and I'm, lo- I'm literally looking all around right and this is at like I don't know, 11,000 feet, 12,000. I don't know what it is up there. And I'm looking all around, man. And they're coyotes just howling their face off next to the backdrop of those mountains. Super, super cool, man. Um, so that just, I have a little video of it. You can just hear them yipping and yowling and all that kind of stuff. But I just thought it was the weirdest thing at like 11,000 feet. Like why would they be up there? I don't know. Um, that sounds like an epic moment. Coyote. Yeah. Coyotes howling at Marie Lakes. Yes. Yep. That was awesome. And then I think another great campsite was Grouse Meadows. And there was actually grouse there, like a mom and a a couple little grouse. Um, But my favorite all-time place that I walked through, at least, was Evolution Valley. Um, And it was when you actually got into the valley. I love that. Um, So just walking through there. I was super, I like to get an early start in the mornings. And so when I was walking through there, there's just all these animals, these big giant mule deer are everywhere and fawns and does. And you got the stream and the sun's coming up and it was, it was epic. I loved evolution Valley. It was awesome. And there's yeah. the little ranger cabin there. It was so cool, man. Yeah. Beautiful. I've got a, I've got a picture that I took during our 2015 hike of uh, chopper and buddy my two hiking companions as they were standing on the trail, looking out at McClure meadow and they had no idea that yes. I was taking the picture, but you can tell from that picture, it's a, it's a panorama and they just happened to be in the end of the panorama. When I finished, oh, sick. you can see them 
just like awestruck looking at, at McClure Meadow. It's just, it kind of conveys the, the majesty that sometimes doesn't come through just your average pictures. You know, I, oh, I, no. You take yeah. pictures out there and you're like, oh my God, this is incredible. And you come <laughs> back and you show your family and your friends and they're like, oh yeah, that's nice. I'm like, oh no, no, it's not just nice. You can't, <laughs> no, you, <laughs> you don't understand. You don't get it, dude. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I know. I always feel like including somebody, like a subject in the picture, but if you can get a facial expression with that too, or some kind of looking mm-hmm. off in the distance. Yeah, right on, man. That's awesome. Yeah. And I know you mentioned um, earlier about Salty Dog and him kind of teaching you some some tricks and becoming more efficient on the trail. And we heard about that with you know how, your food management uh, in the day, but also, um, you know, you talk about when you get up in the morning and when you, when you come into camp, you know, what are some of, of your efficiencies that you use when you're breaking camp in the morning, when you get up and what does it look like in the morning? What, what are the, what is your routine out there on the trail? And then same thing when you get into camp and you say, okay, I'm stopping here for the night. What, what procedures do you go through? I think it'd be really helpful for some of our listeners who are thinking, you know, this is something I want to do. I'm going to kind of give them a little insight into some yeah. of the efficiencies that are really helpful on the trail. Yeah, that's a great question. Great question. So when I, so when I wake up in the morning, first thing I do is, um, well, basically I'm cold, right? And it's like the last thing you want to do is get out of your sleeping bag, but you just mm-hmm. got to will yourself out of there. Right. And I try to wake up, um, especially on the JMT, like, like as the sun's rising or before the sun's rising, because, um, again, the exposure. So once that sun starts coming, you know, it's cold in the morning, whatever, but I can deal with that. But once the sun crests the ridges and gets into the valley or wherever you're at, it's automatically hot. You're throwing off layers and whatever. So I tried to get an early jump on it, which a lot of people that I, that I saw nothing wrong with it. Well, besides I wouldn't do it, but I guess, but you know, they would start at like nine o'clock or 10 o'clock and then they would be done at four. And it was just like, okay, but you're not like, whatever. So I like to get my miles in early so I didn't have to deal with the heat. So like I would wake up and first thing I do is, is, um, just undo my sleeping pad and I'm on it still. So it's like kind of deflating right now. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I like roll that up. Um, I gotta get, I get myself out of the sleeping bag as early as possible because it kind of provides a little jolt from the cold. Right. And so I do all this while I'm just still enclosed in my tent though. I used to like, Cause I saw salty dog do this. Like I used to like get out of my tent and I'm like doing all this. I don't know what I was doing, like taking down my tent for, I don't know what I was doing. So I started packing up my sleep system first. I would just stuff my sleeping bag. Okay. Boom. I'd put it in the bottom of the pack, sleeping pad, my sleeping pill, whatever. And then, um, what I did for breakfast and this changed too. Um, so to be more efficient, I love coffee. And like, if I'm doing an overnight or something, I treat myself with coffee, but when I'm trying to like do some miles, I have this meal caffeine energy. And so I'll just like squirt it in my mouth or just squirt it in, in the bottle or something like that. And that's like my caffeine. So I don't have to sit there screwing around, monkeying around with, with coffee. And that's like 10, 15 minutes right there. Um, so I'll do that. And then for breakfast, I usually just do a bar or I'll do a cold soak of oatmeal. Um, and I'll just eat it on the run. Um, so yeah, basically I just pack my sleep system. I pack everything else tents down and then I'm eating on the run and drinking caffeine on the run. And, um, again, I I love to hike in the mornings. I'm a morning person. Um, you hear the birds, you know, the sun's Mm -hmm. pretty great for pictures. See a lot of, a lot of animal activity at that time. So it's amazing. Um, yeah, good point. So from the point you wake up in the morning mm -hmm. to the point where you're on the trail and making miles for the day, how much time has elapsed? 
great question. Uh, probably at least eight hours. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. Oh. I'm sorry. From the moment you get up in the morning uh-huh. till you're on the trail. Oh, okay. When okay. you get ready in the morning, how long does that take you to break? Yeah, eight hours. <laughs> no, yeah, eight hours, dude. <laughs> All right. Uh, no, no. Uh, that's that's a great question, dude. You're full of good questions today. Um, you know, I would. I think like what I would do is I would try to wake up if I remember at like five thirty, five forty ish, and I would always try to get going before six twenty. So, um, and obviously the more you do it, the more efficient you come, right. come with it. Um, so I think I was, yeah, I think I was like waking up at five forty, getting off by like, at first it was six thirty, then it became like six fifteen, that kind of stuff. And you know, the sun comes up super early in the, mm-hmm. in the morning. So, um, yeah, I kind of got to do it that way. So yeah, yeah. morning, morning miles are the best. <sighs> right. It's nice and cool. And typically what on the John Muir trail, what we always tried to do is we tried to camp below the pass uh, below the pass and so yeah. that in the morning you're up and over the pass by 8 a.m 8 30 and you're you're heading downhill which is makes for a makes for a great day but <laughs> see see you're smart my i dude i would like get over the pass and i would just i don't know i would just like camp in the valley <laughs> i'd love to camp in the valleys for whatever reason and uh yeah then i'd be up and over the pass in the afternoon i'm like oh dude what am i doing so that's a great strategy yeah <laughs> yeah and and Chattahoochee, congratulations. You are the first person, first guest on the pod to admit that they are a cold soaker. Oh, really? Yeah, I haven't had a cold soaker before. So no kidding. Our, our listeners may not know what that's all about. What is what yeah. is cold soaking? What what uh, What's that all about? Yeah, so, well, I'll admit, I only cold soak breakfast. Okay. So I'm like a 50% cold soaker. Got but, it. you know, essentially what it, I love oatmeal. I eat oatmeal, oatmeal every day, but I don't do the little uh, the instant packets. I try to avoid, like, the sugar and stuff. So I make my own, actually, in a Ziploc bag, and I put in chia seeds and all that other stuff. Boom, boom, boom. And, yeah, so I just throw in water. I just do the old-fashioned oats, and I just – yeah, it's like two minutes and it like, you're good. You can eat it and just throw it in your mouth. And so, uh, yeah, you don't need to cook it. You don't need to clean your pan. You don't need to fire up the fuel. You can save fuel, mm-hmm. which is amazing. Right. And, uh, so yeah, but I need to have my hot dinners. Are you, yeah. are you a cold soaker? I am not a cold soaker, but I yeah. have read about cold soakers and I, I, I congratulate you on, on uh, making the distinction that you're just a 50% cold soaker. I'm a 50 percenter, dude. Right. Yeah. I'm not a one percenter. You're right. The people who do cold soak dinners, those are a different breed. Those are some hardcore man. Hardcore is right. I mean, these are the people that are drilling holes in their toothbrushes uh, <laughs> to, uh, to make sure that they're carrying as little weight as possible. They have, they have said, you know what? I'm going to eat cold food for, for if they're doing the JMT, I'm going to eat cold food for two weeks. If they're on the, on the PCT, I'm going to eat cold food for five months. Right. Yep. It, yep. So just so that I don't have to carry a stove and the fuel. Dude. Yeah. it's like, you gotta have, for me, I gotta have some comforts, like <laughs> as minimal as they like seemingly are. I met a guy on my uh, second section hike of the PCT. His name was School Bus. And uh, his, he, him and his family actually lived in a school bus. It was like pretty dope. There was actually like a reality, or he was on like MTV or something about it. I don't know. Anyway, regardless, he did cold soaking. And, he, and I guess what they really like are those tal- Talente ice cream little uh, thingamajigs. That's, that's like the gold standard of where to put your cold soak stuff in. So you get these little ice cream things and uh, yeah, he would like, you know, two hours before dinner, he would shove it in the the back part of his pack. So like the sun would kind of hit it and warm it up a little bit. And 
he'd mix it like that. It's just cold. The difference between cold soaking and eating hot food, eating hot food. I mean, you're, you're boiling the water and you're pouring the the water into the food packet. Right. And you're letting it sit for what, eight minutes. Right. Cold soak. It takes a lot longer than eight minutes. You've got to, you got to do like an hour before you're going to eat, put it all together. And then you're, you're still eating cold stuff. But but you know what the comforting thing is is that is that if you do run out of fuel, you can do that. Right. You know, I mean, but you need like a kind of a certain container to do it. Um, if you don't have that, it's just got to be longer sort of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. But it is comforting to know that like you can do that because I'm always, you know, I always used to be really afraid of running out of fuel. Now I'm like, well, it's not that big of a deal. Like I can yeah. still get through it, you know. Right. Good point. Good point. So we, we went down a little side trail there. I also want to, I want to hear about your efficiencies when you decide, okay, this is it for the day. I'm camping here. You, you roll into camp and you say, this is the place. Take us through your, your procedures yeah. when you, when you, when you decide to stop hiking. The biggest way I think people can save time here. And you know, like this is, this is an easy one, but a lot of times you're not thinking like that because you're so damn tired. Mm -hmm. Like you're just exhausted. And like, all you want to do is just sleep. Right. Um, but I think like the best thing to do is get out your cooking stuff first. Um, and so I like to boil my water and then I like to do those nor rice sides. So I'll just like pour my water in the nor rice sides bag. Actually now is what I started doing or like just in my little tin cup and I'll, get that or while it's boiling at least i'll start doing my camp setting up my camp and stuff like you know and it sucks because you're hungry right like you just want to do it when you're after you're hungry but it saves you time so you have to sit there watching this water boil you know so set up my camp and try to get in uh, do sleeping bag let the sleeping bag unfold because it's all compressed too so it's not going to be as warm you know if you get right in right away you got to let it you know fluff up a little bit Meanwhile, then once the water is all done, you know, you pour it in the, pour it in the rice. And so, so yeah, so I just do the cooking on the side while I'm doing my tent setup. And, you know, by the time I'm done setting up my tent, I can eat. Um, and then at that point, honestly, that's pretty much it. I just go to I go right to bed. Like I am out. I mean, it's hard to stay up. Yeah. Like I cannot ever see stars at night in the summer because I can't freaking stay up that late. Never. That is exactly it. You beat me to the punch. I was just going to say that one of the, one of the things I, I you know, I, I, I talk about reality versus or uh, expectation versus reality. I'm going to see these amazing stars. It's going to be just fantastic out there. Yeah. And I couldn't make it. I couldn't yeah. make it. I was just Never. exhausted. And that's why, you know, everybody's heard of the, the term hiker midnight. I mean, hiker midnight. Is nine o'clock, baby. Nine right? o'clock. And that is, that is late on the trail. Bro, I- <laughs> really is man and i will tell you what i uh well two things number one i downloaded like i you know on my phone i downloaded like this night sky app that i could like take these cool like panoramic pictures i could never i couldn't even see the first star of the night i was out dude and then it's like the other thing is it's hard when you start getting towards yosemite valley and some of those like places right at least Mm -hmm. know about did you go southbound or northbound Actually, I sectioned hikes. So I started okay. in the middle, did okay. the south in one in one fell swoop, and then yeah. I started in the middle and end up doing the, the oh, that's north, awesome. north half over a couple of summers. Oh, there you go. That's freaking awesome. That's the well, I mean, honestly, that's the best way to experience like everything instead of just like rushing through it like I pretty much did. Like anyway, but um when you get when I got north to Yosemite, maybe you experienced this too, but like um 
hiker midnight kind of really isn't a thing when you kind of <laughs> are near more near civilization it doesn't seem like right like or when i do the trt this summer like i i was noting that there's a couple places where it's like a drive-in campground and i'm like oh my god i avoid that like the plague because people are partying and it's like no 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 yeah so yeah hiker midnight when we uh when we got to Tuolumne Meadows and we started smelling people on the on the trail it smelled yes we thought oh this is we don't want to be we don't want to be here too long <laughs> dude i i describe that to people that like haven't through hiked and they're like what do you mean you smell people i'm like dude i don't know man it's just like they smell clean it's, it's like linen it's like it's just the greatest thing ever man <laughs> by the way i think hiker midnight i got to coin that as a term for some kind of something I think that's amazing. I think you just yeah. sparked my, my thing there. <laughs> Maybe we should, we should co-host a podcast called Hiker Midnight. <laughs> right there, right on, man. And it can't be too late in the night though. Right? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Okay. So thank you very much for sharing your kind of routine in the morning and also yep. in the evening when you, when you come into camp, I think that's really helpful for folks to know. Um, when you finished the JMT, was that it for the summer? Did you, or did you have other, other adventures out there <laughs> and i know the answer to the question that's why i asked it <laughs> very good so finish the jmt right and uh you know might have got broken up with as i was flying back from reno um that was great so that just kind of catapulted me to make the most of my summer which was awesome so i actually wouldn't have had it any other way so so before right you after- go on to that before you go on to your next adventure mm-hmm. Was she on the JMT with you? No. So she was back home in Oregon and, um, you know, you don't really, I mean, I had an inreach, but like I could barely communicate on that freaking thing. Mm-hmm. It was like texting dinosaurs in the stone age. And, uh, so kind of communicated there, but yeah, so she was back home the whole time <laughs> and, uh, Reno airport, man. Oh, <laughs> ouch. You know, we've talked about before when you're on the trail with a significant other, there is no hiding. I mean, yeah. you're, you're out there 24 seven, you see the best and the worst of, of folks out there. I mean, it's, it's, it is what it is. There's no hiding things out on yep. the trail. Mm-hmm. And so I was going to ask if she saw the true you, but evidently, <laughs> evidently she, she, uh, she appreciated the, your absence <laughs> and said, Hey, that get used to this straight up, man. She's like, Oh, he quit bothering me. Sweet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Chattahoochee. So- Sorry to hear about that. That's all good, man. It's all good. So, yeah. So, man, I just went on a tear. Uh, The week I got back, I did – I threw, like, the Timberline Trail. So, that's around uh, Mount Hood uh, near Portland there. Beautiful. I literally – I loved that terrain. Um, Mm -hmm. It was just really green, uh, verdant green. It was tons of wildflowers. There was a bunch of stream crossings. Great trail if you're ever up in the area to do it. I literally – I loved it. Um, Mm -hmm. And then – did some like overnighters, guided some people, guided my brother and his buddy on a couple overnighters that have never went before. That was an experience. That was interesting. And then, um, now explain that to me. Guided. Use that yeah. word very specifically. It's not like you, you, you said, you know, I went with my brother on a, on a trip. You, you said yeah. guided. So yeah. what does that imply? What does that term mean? Well, I like to think I'm like the modern day Kit Carson or something, right? <laughs> no, but uh, no. So he's he lives in Minnesota right now, and and his brother is in Wisconsin. So uh, he brought his buddy with him, and so I took him out on uh, a couple day 
uh, over, well, a couple nights, uh, camping trip and dude, they had a great time. Um, it was, it was like your, your typical, you know, like, I'm like, Hey, you don't need that. You know, like just, you know, I'm talking to my brother, you know, and actually he, he minded me pretty well. His, his buddy was a little like, kind of not really like, you know, he's like bushcraft guy over here bringing axes and swords and shit. And I'm like, dude, like you probably don't need this stuff and he's going to bring it anyways and never used it, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So that was a fun experience, like guiding them through and stuff like that. But, um, so but yes. So when you refer to yourself as, as a guide, that's a self-appointed title. Yes. Based that's a on, based on your expertise on the JMT expertise skills you to guide others out into nature. Yes, that's me. Maybe my hey, maybe my trail name should be Guide. <laughs> Good I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> and you know, you also made a point about your your brother's friend who brought all this extra stuff. Oh, dude. We all we all have had somebody with us on the trail that yeah. has brought way too much, and you're like, hey, you don't need that. You're not gonna you're yeah. not gonna use that, and they don't believe you, and they yeah. they hike with it for a day, dude. And I don't know, I don't know about what your experience was, but uh, we we had a friend go out with us who, and he's a big guy. He's six four, six five, former professional athlete. He had a pack that probably weighed sixty pounds and towered oh, over him. I yeah. mean, his pack, his pack was probably eight foot high off of the ground. Yep. Top of the pack. And after the the first night, you know, when we broke camp the second morning, there was a lot of stuff that he left to uh, sacrifice. He sacrificed to the trail gods and to uh, you know whoever was going to come through had had the the advantage of picking up a you know a pillow, some towels, uh, you know whatever. Wow. Yeah. He we we tried to tell him, but you know he he had it in his mind that he was going to need all that stuff. Yeah, it's it is interesting because it's hard. I have not figured out the way to, cause I've taken some people now, a good amount of people, but I haven't, you've guided them. I've guided them. Mm-hmm. I am the guy. I am the guy. <laughs> um, you know, but I've had, I've had trouble. Tr- I, I don't know if it's the way I come across or what it is, but like when you're trying to explain to them why you don't need it, it's like, I don't know. They just like, don't believe me. <laughs> and I'm just like, but I think you pack your fears, right? And so that's a good way to put it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like, cause his buddy brought a freaking bear rattle and I'm like, <sighs> yeah, I know. I mean, okay, look, if I, you know, if I was in Montana, Wyoming, you know, grizzly bears, I'm just not, I'm not that, you know, scared of black bears. Maybe I should be, but like, I'm just not. And, uh, but you know, cause he's never been here. So mm-hmm. that was the thing to bring. <laughs> it's a bear rattle. What? I've never heard of a bear rattle. What is a bear rattle? It was just basically something that like rattles as you're walking. So you can imagine how annoying that was. Oh. <laughs> Yikes. Okay. Yeah. So, right. uh, so anyway, you come, back, you come back from the JMT, you find out that uh, you're single and <laughs> head out on the, the Timberline trail. That was, uh, how, how long a trip was that? So the Timberline, I actually got done in like two days, I think was all, I think mm-hmm. that was all it took me. Um, I pretty much, I, you know, I had my trail legs and again, that trail compared to the JMT was like a freshly manicured, yeah, oh my God, I was at the spa trail. Like it was, it was so nice. Um, so yeah, so I did that guided, <laughs> guided some people and then did the Wallawa river loop, which is amazing loop in the um eagle cap wilderness in northeast oregon okay this is all all in the pacific northwest yeah this is all in the pacific northwest and um 
that was that was an experience that I didn't know that it was going to snow that day. Um, so yeah, I basically went, I mean, it was so freaking cold. Like there was nobody out there. Um, it was late September and I'm out there and I go to sleep next to this lake and like all night I can just hear, like, it's, you know, you're getting precipitation and it's windy and it's like the, and then like the precipitation turns to snow. So you're like hearing it like against your tent, your winds, the flapping and whatever. Of course I I get out of my tent to take a leak and I'm like looking around and I'm like, Oh shit, dude, like I'm actually going to be camping in snow tonight. You know what I mean? And, uh, this one peak, there's a peak that towers above this lake and it's called Eagle cap. So it's a great, uh, peak to uh, peak bag. And it's, you know, it's nine 30. I'm, I'm about, you know, it's blackout and I'm groggy and I look up and there's people coming down in headlamps from there which I could not believe because the weather was atrocious. No idea what they were doing. Um, but anyway, I woke up in the morning. There's a few inches of fresh snow, and I'm like, holy crap. Like, okay, I haven't really experienced this very much, you know. So now I got to find, like, the trail. And the, it was just enough snow that, like, you could kind of see the trail, but kind of not, you know what I mean? So I had, like, my GPS, but my, but my maps that I was using, they had been wrong before at this turnoff that I was supposed to go to. And so I didn't, wasn't really trusting him. So I was like, hopefully this will work out. I still had another pass to go over and then come down. Thankfully, everything worked out as you descended lower. There was no snow finally, but that was a, a pretty fun experience. There was elk bugling. Um, it was, I had amazing pictures that next day because of the snow and the sun hitting it and the clouds. It was amazing day. Great time. Yeah. And but so, scary. <laughs> yeah. Did, did you have any equipment for snow? No. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. No, dude. I was like, yeah. The only thing I had was I brought my long leggings. And prior to that, I was pretty much, I mean, all my other summer trips, I really didn't wear leggings at all. Or I didn't even really bring them. I did on the JMT, but after that, I was like, I never use these. So, mm-hmm. but I did there and was thankful for that. But that's mm-hmm. where that sleeping bag comes in. Like, I didn't know it was going to get that cold and that helped me. So nice. Nice. How about, uh, is there another another uh, loop that you did or another through hike called the Enchantments? Oh yeah, the Enchantments. So, oh yeah, the Enchantments. This is another so North Cascades, um, which by the way, the North Cascades are beautiful. You know, everybody talks about them on the PCT, Goat Rocks, all mm-hmm. that kind of area yeah. there. And uh, I never really experienced much of it. Well, I met a couple guys on the Timberline Trail, and so I met them by, up there. By the way. Uh, Barney Scout Man has quite a story on goat rocks in his book, uh, Journeys Northward. Ooh. Journeys North. So. Dang it. Now I got to read it, man. Yep. Dang it. Uh, I have like 40 books I got to read. Um, so, yeah. So, the Enchantments, this is like the premier. If you So, basically, it's a permit system um, to backpack in the Enchantments. So, this is like the premier. You know, think Golden Ticket JMT. It's like mm-hmm. that. Okay. Um, but the enchantments are, is only like a 20 mile hike. Um, but it's through like the core of the, the North Cascades. Um, and so, yeah, we ended up, we just through hiked it in a day. We just pretty much day hiked it. Um, and it was during when it was, um, called the Larch March and the larches are like these green, green trees that look, I mean, look like pine trees. Right but they turned gold in October ish. So like all these trees were gold and it was like kind of fall weather. Um, 
it, yeah, and it was great. And then two days later, I tore my bicep. <laughs> so Ooh. I'll just add that one in there. Yeah. On the trail? No, I was, I do jujitsu. I tore my bicep. I didn't tap out to this arm bar. And then, so yeah. So every time I think about that hike, I like look at those pictures. I was like, oh, I didn't even know how good I had it, man. I didn't even, I had a nice bicep back then. <laughs> Wait a second, you didn't tap out to an arm bar? You thought that you were going to get out of that arm bar? Dude, I have it on video, man. It, it, I don't know. Look, I was overtraining. Like, it was just this whole thing. Like, I was not doing good that round. I was frustrated. Usually, I tap, obviously. But, uh, yeah, just pop, 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 and tore. And then the bell goes off, right, like a second afterwards. And so, yeah, I have a gnarly – I'm just – curling 10 pounds now um three months later um i got surgery on the 26th of october and giant scar and yeah they re went up fished it out of my arm reattached it drilled through my bone put a screw in it and we're not doing too bad i can't complain wow <laughs> yeah so. that sounds gnarly yeah <laughs> i was gonna ask if you could send the video we could post it on social media but i'm not sure i want to see that dude i Loki, I should send you the video though. It's hard to like tell like what happens, but like, I mean, you can totally tell. And I get up and I'm just like waving my arm and I just like walk away. <laughs> just like people, people have seen it and they're like, well, you didn't even like say anything. I'm like, yeah, I, it was weird. Like it didn't hurt that bad. It maybe cause I was so warm, but very bizarre injury. I don't recommend it. Tap out. <laughs> All right. Any other adventures from 2020? Well, we, like I said, we were kind of talking off camera um, or podcast, uh, Crater Lake winter backpacking. So that was actually in the snow. So that was super fun. I recommend that. It's kind of an interesting little thing to do there. Uh, that's our only national park in Oregon. And um, basically what you do is you literally like walk the road that you would normally drive around the rim. And then once you get like uh, so far, I think like a mile or two from like the main part, you can camp. Um, and so, yeah, we just, we did some snow camp and that was really interesting. Like going in your tent at like 5 PM. It's like, okay, dude, like, what do I do? What do oh, I do now? It's a long time to be in a tent. Oh, it was so weird. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, the Lewitt trail, that, that was what I did kind of as a shakedown hike mm -hmm. for my JMT. And that is around Mount St. Helens that, um, circumnavigates that amazing trail so many different um environments lava desert like above tree line it's great great, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. great great trail speaking of different environments pacific crest trail has so many different uh ecologies that's almost yes. have, has different personalities depending on what part of the trail you're on yeah i know that uh the high sierras and the john muir trail very much different than the the section of the pct that you did in oregon what, yeah. what are the main differences between those two settings? Yeah, great question. So, like I said, a lot of people on the PCT refer to Oregon as the green tunnel, mm -hmm. you know, and so you're really, um, you're really encapsulated by all these trees. I mean, there's so many trees in Oregon. And so it's, it's just kind of a dark hole that you're in. You don't really have to worry about the sun, sunscreen or anything like that. Um, like I was kind of alluding to with the Timberline trail, the, the trails are very manicured. There's not a lot of rocks. It's dirt, duff. I mean, you got some lava in there, but not too much compared to the JMT. Like I said, the JMT, I think that, how did I say it in a video? I think that um, like one cascade, like one 
Oregon mile is worth at least, or how was that? Or two, frick, now I can't remember. Now I'm on the spot. Like one Oregon mile is worth two. Probably the other way around. One JMT mile is worth worth two Oregon miles. Yes, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So um, at least probably 2.5, I would imagine, actually. Um, Just rocky, exposed, elevation, everything. Um, And so if you're looking for like a tough hike to do to like, you know, a tough shorter through hike to do, man, the JMT or the, the Sierra high route or any of those, man, it's just a totally, it's like a moonscape planet. Like I just didn't, yeah. So I didn't expect that. <laughs> yeah. And some people may hear that description, a moonscape planet and think, well, where, where's the beauty in that? But really yeah, above treeline up in the Sierras, high Alpine lakes, uh, there is, there is definitely a beauty to that. I mean, it mm-hmm. is, it is so awesome. Yes, absolutely. Um, and, and because of that, right. Treeline and, and expose and moonscape, make sure you bring sunglasses. Like, that would be another gear item that I would not live without. I almost lost them on the JMT or I thought I did. I left them by a stream when I was picking onions. I was like a half mile away and I was like, I was freaking out, dude. Like I ran back. I could not imagine doing the JMT in the summer without sunglasses. You would, that would be trouble. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. But great, great landscape. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Hey, we're going to take another quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about, uh, Chattahoochee's running skills and running resume because I understand he's got uh, at least one ultra marathon under his belt. I do. And we're going to talk about his 2021 plans. So stay tuned for that. We'll be right back. Hey, Hiker Trash. This is Ginger Balls. You're listening to the John Frickin' Mir podcast. Welcome back. Talking to Chattahoochee about his 2020 highlights. And I see here that you ran a 50K ultra marathon. Have you always been a runner your whole life? Were you a runner in high school? Uh, honestly, I did track because it helped me for football, but I hated it. I hated it. I hated doing the mile. I would like, you know, get that blood in your throat. Like when you push yourself too hard, and, uh, dude, I hated running. I was one. Yeah. Hate oh. running. I hated running. So, yep. but you are, you are part of the cult now. You're part of the running cult. I think there is so much crossover between through hiking and like ultra running or just, or any kind of running. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> we talked about like the mentality, right? I also think that, you know, like the feeling you get when you're tired on, on a hike, right. And you're just mm-hmm. like, you're ready to go to bed. Like you don't care about any, you'll sleep wherever. That's how I feel. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's dude, that's like when you get home it's hard to replicate that even if you are working out, even if you are like just doing regular walks or whatever. And I think for me, I'm able to get that same feeling when I'm doing like these longer runs and, and things like that. Um, so yeah, it, it's either one or the other, like, you know, ultra runners either become through hikers, through hikers become ultra runners. I was listening to a podcast with Andrew Skirka. He, mm-hmm. He's a great guy. You should yeah. get him on yeah. um, Skirka and this other guy. And they were just talking about like how, you know, when you're a through hiker or you're through hiking, you just kind of build up this real good foundation base um, to translate to ultra running and then vice versa. So, mm-hmm. yeah. All right. So 
how did it enter your mind to <clears throat> 50K this year? Great. So one of the things I did to train for the JMT originally was trail running, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just like, well, that kind of has good crossover, right? So I trail ran. <clears throat> I hiked my face off all summer, right? And always in the back of my mind, I want to do this. I want to do an ultra. I want to do an ultra. But I was doing so much training in jujitsu that, like, I didn't want to sacrifice my jujitsu time to to do this ultra marathon training, right? So tear my bicep on October seventh. Get surgery uh, a few weeks later. In between that time, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to train jujitsu anymore. So what can I do? Right. So like, and I was, you know, reading this book, it's like never waste a good crisis. Right. So like, where can I find the opportunity in this? <clears throat> Cause it sucked. Right. I'm like, well, I have a really good foundation. Um, so I start Googling these ultra marathons. I'm like, Oh, let's see. There's an ultra marathon December four in Eugene, Oregon. And I'm like, <laughs> screw it. Let's do it. I'm going to, I'm going to train for it. I feel like I got a good enough foundation. I just need to hit some long runs and, and let's do it. So I got surgery on, so I started running. I got surgery on the 26th of October, took a week off and then trained through the month of November, hit some long runs back to back and did this wait, training wait, plan. Wait, 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 wait a second. Chat yeah. yeah. Wait a second. So you, you have your, your bicep torn early October. Yes. You say, okay, I'm going to start running instead of jujitsu training. <laughs> Yeah. So you're running with a torn bicep yeah. and you, you, you pause, you have surgery, you take a week off uh-huh. and you say, okay, I'm going to keep training and I'm going to enter an ultra marathon <laughs> in early December. Do I have the, do I have the timeline approximately correct? Well, when you put it that way, yeah, it kind of seems like I'm pretty crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah course, dude. It's just, it's just natural for you because yeah. you, you run, you run marathons all the time, right? You, mm-hmm. when, when, when was your last marathon? So I ran <laughs> A half marathon in 2016, a road half marathon, <laughs> and that was the last time I never ran a marathon ever. So yeah, I was trying to give you credibility there. So, but yeah. uh, you're right, you're crazy. You're, I know you're just nuts. Yeah, yeah. So, dude, but I like it was it was a great. I'm so glad I did it. I got addicted just like I did through hiking now, and, it, and it's like the same thing. You meet like I've met so many cool people through hiking. And now it's like, I met all these cool people at the ultra. And now it's just like, I just like being around those like-minded people mm-hmm. that think like me. And so now, yeah, we're going to see where that takes us. So, so 50 K translates to about 30 miles, right? 31.1. 31.1. We'll don't, give you that 1.1, man. Don't get cheated. You got to get, get credit yeah, for dude. every mile. That's right. Yeah, dude. <laughs> And how, how was the experience? Dude, it was, it was awesome. Look, dude, dude, the first 15, 20 miles, I just, I don't I don't know. They weren't even on the radar. I mean, it was just like, I was kind of talking to people. I was running. I was kind of in the zone. I told myself I wasn't going to listen to music till the halfway point. So I could kind of use that as like a carrot in front of me, you know? Um, So I started listening to music. I was all good. And oh my God. (laughs) okay this is a funny story so i figured out i'm a cramper okay so i get to this aid station and i'm telling and there was this guy that had came behind me and i stubbed my toe on this root and i like cramped up immediately in my calf i was like shoot you know i worked out of it got to this aid station i'm talking to this guy that's ran the western states and all these other things and he's like yeah dude like you can't do any sudden movements okay and I, I go, story. I've got a story. Yes. Yes. Okay. Sweet. 
he's like, no sudden movements, okay? Because um, you're going to cramp up. What do I do approximately six minutes later? We're coming in. It's, it's a four-loop thing all across the mountain. Coming in, there's this photographer there. He's sitting there, and of course, I'm coming around the corner, and I'm like, dude, like, this is a great opportunity to like do something kind of cool. So what do I do? I jump up in the air and I click my heels together and dude, he takes three photos as I'm, as I'm doing this, I come back down and I immediately, my entire 75% of my lower body just locks up. I can't, I cannot move. I'm on the ground. I'm like withering in pain. I'm trying to stretch it out. I don't know what I'm, I, I literally think my race is over, you know? I'm on the ground and people are running past me. I'm like, you all right? I'm, right. I'm like, oh my God. I work out of it and I'm like, okay, that was really close, right? So I get to the, this other aid station. I get some stuff and I don't bring any salt tabs because it was like, frick, it was called the Frozen Run Trail Fest. It was like 30 degrees. I didn't think I was going to be, I took some electrolytes and stuff, but I didn't think I needed that much. So I was, it was the final loop. This so was like six more miles and I elected not to bring my trekking poles. Cause I felt good again. So I'm running off and I'm about 300 yards away from this aid station. And I start cramping in my inner groin takes me down again. <laughs> I'm like, Of course I don't want to go back to my trekking poles now. And I'm like, and this guy runs past me. He's like, dude, just walk it out. Just breathe. And I'm, I'm again, I'm like, Oh my God. So like basically every aid station after that, I'm trying to find the sodium, like anything that has sodium, mm -hmm. just jamming it in my mouth and thankfully never cramped again but it was scary. So, yeah, I am also a cramper. I, God, I, I, dude. I can, I can identify with that. Dude. I, I did the LA marathon. Oh, okay. Finished the LA marathon and my wife picked me up. Unfortunately, she couldn't park anywhere near the finish line. So we had to walk quite a ways to the, to the back to the car. And as we're walking, there's somebody coming towards me on the sidewalk. And so I stepped to the side, right. To get to be polite. You know, I stepped to the side, so I'm not in the way. And I, I step in, I stepped down into a planter. I didn't realize was there like kind of a, a, a circular planter around a tree on the oh. side. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it was that sudden movement of <laughs> stepping down into the planter unexpectedly. And my, my right calf locked up like nobody's business. Yeah. I, I, and it was so painful. I couldn't even make a noise. I was, I was like screaming silently. And meanwhile, my wife is, she keeps on walking down the sidewalk. Right. And so she gets 30 feet down. She realizes I'm not with her. She turns around. She's like, where are you? And I'm like, I'm pointing at my leg. I, I, I can't make any noise. It was oh, horrific. Horrific. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, cause you, sometimes you'll get them in when you're sleeping or something like that, you know, and you just got to kind of like stretch it out or whatever. But it's like, yeah, with those, it's like, it's not going away when you're doing everything you can do it. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. That is such a funny story. <laughs> At least it didn't happen when you're racing, though. It's good yeah. it happened after. Yeah. I've, had a few, I've had a few while racing, too. And uh, both my quads and both my hamstrings decided to cramp up when I was about uh, 50 feet from the top of Half Dome. On no. the cables. On the cables. And there's probably a million people behind you. Yeah, people people coming down at me, people coming up behind me. And I'm, <laughs> Dude, that's the I'm, worst. Stuck, I'm stuck there thinking, oh what am God. I going to do? Here, here I am about 350 feet above uh, above the ground on a 70-degree angle with everything everything cramping up. It was, it was nightmare. Oh, my God, dude. 
That is that I literally could not think of a worse place to actually do that on. Holy crap, dude. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> You're just like, no, dude, I'm cramping. Like you don't get it. These people are probably just like, grr. <laughs> oh my God, man. Yeah. So, so yeah, dude, like, so yeah, salt, apparently. Salt. salt. Is, that, is that your pro tip? No, but. No. Okay. We're not, we're not there That yet. could be a pro tip. We're, we're not there. Yeah. If you're running ultras, make sure you, make sure you, 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 you do your electrolytes and your salt. Oh, Avoid those cramps. Dude. Now you speak of like-minded people, you know, the, the ultra endurance folks. I had a couple of guys on here who um, met at an endurance race and ended up doing the John Muir trail in less than six days. Where, what year was that? Uh, that was this past year. 2020? 2020. Yeah. I think they started just before me. Did they, did they know, do you know when they did it? Was it July? I would have to look back through the episode notes, but the uh, only it could, re- could have been. Mm-hmm. Because some, were they from Oregon? Uh, one may be up in Oregon. The other one I think is down in San Diego. Okay. Cause but they, they met at the Moab 240. 240. Yeah. Makes sense. Cause that's right near Whitney kind of, I mean, in death Valley, right? Yeah. yeah. Somewhere around there. So for our listeners out there, 240 refers to the mileage of that particular trail race, 240 miles. Unbelievable. Yeah. Cause the only reason I asked is because the guy that dropped me off at Horseshoe Meadows was saying something about that, how these guys were doing it and he had dropped them off. So I, I wonder if it was them, but six days, six days. Yeah. They thought, they thought that, and our listeners have heard this before, but I, I, you know, good stories are worth telling multiple times. So uh, they had thought, you know, they had done the, the Moab 240. They're, they're ultra endurance runners. They can, they're just going to run. Can the trail. already see where this is going. Yep. They're going to run the trail. And uh, I think Gabe, it was Gabe and Kevin and Gabe's wife said, uh, you know, you only have a week to do this. I don't know if there was family plans or what the deal was, but she gave him a week to do this. So he's like, Oh, it's no problem. We're going to, we're going to run this. Just like we, we do the, the Moab 240. This is only 211. No problem. And so they, they get to, down exactly. To, they get down to the Sierras and uh, they start and day one, they realize that they can't run the John Muir trail. They can't. They, and so there's only, there's only two ways to do the John Muir trail in six days. And that is one, you're going to run it. Or two, you're going to put in extremely long days, days of hiking. Yeah. If you can't increase your speed, you're going to have to increase your time uh, spent each day hiking. And that's what they did. They did it in like five, five days and 22 hours, something like that. And they would get up at you know, two in the morning, three in the morning, and they would get into camp at oh you know, my 10 God. o'clock, 11 o'clock at night. They had to be wrecked. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a, a fair assessment wrecked i can't i cannot but oh my god i mean that speaks to the terrain right like i was mm-hmm. talking about it's just i don't know how you would freaking run especially like mather pass like uh, those golden that golden i was going down that thing i'm like i cannot imagine going up this thing like that oh dude yeah i've gone up the golden staircase twice oh that my is, god bless you that is, <laughs> that is something boy. oh man <laughs> You know, what was funny is like, I didn't even know it was called the golden staircase. So like these guys were like talking about it and they're like, yeah, like how's the golden staircase? I'm like, what? Like I was already in the Valley. Then I'm like, what are you talking about, man? They're like, oh, that, I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Cause that descent was 
gnarly, dude. I can't can't imagine this. Set. Nice. All right. Well, hey, that sounds like that was quite a 2020 mm-hmm. for you. I mean, here we are in the middle of a pandemic and you were able to get out and do all of those great things. That's, that's yeah. amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. What, uh, what's on your radar for 2021? 2021. Well, we are supposed to be summiting Mount St. Helens on Saturday. Um, as long as the avalanche risk isn't too gnarly. Um, we're, we're getting s- smacked with some storms up here. So I guess like mm-hmm. the avalanche risks are really bad right now. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at that, but it, that should happen at some point in January. Just got my crampons. It's all that. It's pretty sweet. Oh, look at you. I know. I'm so legit. Look, I'm just the guy. <laughs> I am the guide, man. <laughs> no. uh, don't follow me. Probably not right yet. Um, yeah. And so, so Mount, we have Mount St. Helens and then, um, I am really gearing up for Mount Hood in the spring, which is more technical. Well, it's still not considered technical, but to me, it looks pretty technical. I don't know, man. Like you need some ice axes and you need all that, the whole shebang, you know? And um, so I'm really wanting to do that. My roommate's done it. I cannot let him be the only person that has done it that I know. So um, I got to get on that one. And then, um, so I have a bunch of other summits in there that are local and then a 50 mile ultra in June, not a 50 K a 50 mile. Yep. A 50 miler. Um, I eventually want, well, this is going to be on the podcast now. So just like the PCT, I, I'm going to do Speak a, it. Speak I'm going to existence. Yep. I'm going to do a hundred miler. Uh, and well, I don't know if you, I don't, I don't really know the specs for it. I don't know if you have to qualify for summer or whatever, but perhaps next year, if I need to qualify or if I don't need to qualify probably the next year, if I have to qualify. So, but we're going to do a hundred miler, man. It's going to happen. Put it on the books. Um, and then, yeah, so then I have the, a Tahoe rim through hike planned for early July. And then the, you went to Highline trail, which is a hundred miles. This is a really interesting trail. I met a guy on the JMT that lives in Utah. So we're going to do it. Um, like-minded people, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh, so the Uinta Highline, it's like an east to west trail and it goes through the Uintas in Northeast Oregon or uh, Northeast Utah rather. And super desolate. A lot of it, like there's not even really a trail. Um, kind of reminds me of like a CDT type thingy. I think I saw a YouTube documentary on this. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a couple of them like Darwin's done some Z-Pax has done a couple. Okay. Yeah. Um, good stuff but it's super yeah kind of remote not very popular mm-hmm. you know hear elk bugling and that kind of stuff um so yeah we'll do that and then a couple other probably little things mixed in there and yeah well, you know, oh wonderland trail that's what i want wonderland okay yep yep yeah, so. i've talked to a few people who've done the wonderland and they they uh rave about it oh i just got to get the permit so <laughs> Got to figure that out. <laughs> and there are specified campgrounds that you have to use on the Wonderland Trail. I think there's like six or seven of them. Yeah, exactly. And then, like, the easy way to get a permit is if you do like a campground that is also like a car camp campground. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm good, dude. I don't want to do that. So I got to finagle some way to <laughs> get a permit without doing that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Chattahoochee, I need to commend you on your varied obsessions i was gonna call them hobbies but i think they're obsessions i I think there's an obsessive uh 
bit to each of us that, that get involved with this stuff. But, you know, jujitsu, not tapping out during an arm bar. That's, <laughs> that's something. Uh, you know, the endurance running, you know, going from a half marathon four years ago to a 50K <laughs> ultra and now onto a 50 mile and, and then a, a 100 mile that you just published verbally <laughs> through hiking. And also you've spent some time just now talking about peak bagging. So, I mean, you've got, you've got a lot of stuff going on. That's funny. Yeah. Well, I think that may have been one of the reasons why I uh, was single after the JMT. (laughs) I remember a quote is like, when you get into something, I put this as nicely as I can, but you become obsessed. I'm like, well, look, to be great, to be great, you got to be obsessed. So I don't tell you, man. So it's all good. That's a great quote. I might title the the episode that to be great. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. You have to be obsessed. I love that. Okay. And you know what? Uh, a, a book that I read. And you must like reading because you you recommend. It, but it was called Relentless by Tim Grover. He was uh, Michael Jordan, Kobe's like mm-hmm. basketball trainer. I'm not into basketball by any means. I suck at it. I hate watching it. Yeah, but he talks you're, about you're less, you're less of a basketball fan than you are a Packer fan. Yeah, oh, way less, dude. <laughs> way less. Uh, but he taught. He's the guy that really kind of normalized it for me, like that kind of thinking. Because I used to think I was kind of. I was like, maybe I am like kind of weird and like obsessed with this stuff. Because nobody else. I mean, some people are, but no, nah, I don't. You know. And then um, I read that book, and I was like, you know what? Like, I think this is that this is my personality, and I'm cool with it. So. Yeah, it was a good book. Nice. Nice. Does Haley know this about you? <laughs> Dude, I was literally, as we were talking about this, I was literally just thinking about that. So um, Haley is super cool because she was like, I don't want you to like change who you are. Like, um, you know, before we started dating, she was like, I, like if I ever become like, you know, where too much of a distraction for you. I want you to like, tell me. So like, that's what I need in my life. That's the type of support I need, you know? And so she's been super supportive with it. And, um, and yeah, so I think that's a big part of what attracted her to me in the first place. So it does kind of make sense to like, why would I stop? And then, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, dude, shout out Haley. Okay. There you <laughs> she's, go. She's going to love that one. <laughs> she's good stuff. Nice. Hey, top five list, impromptu top five list. You've been talking a lot about adventure media, whether it be documentaries, films, books. Okay, gotcha. Give me, give me a top five list related to adventure media, uh, whether it's related to through hiking or endurance running. You know, what, what, are, what are some, some uh, temporary escapes our listeners can, can uh, listen to or watch? Dude. You have some ideas yes, for us? I love this. Okay. Number one is How to Run 100 Miles, um, amazing documentary by REI, mm-hmm. and it's these two guys, they hate run. well, one of them hates running, and the other guy, like, yeah, anyway, they sign up for 100 Miles, it's, hilar- it's a hilarious documentary. Yeah, Brendan Leonard, Brendan Leonard was one of them. Yes, yep. And yep. he was he was on the pod. He's semi rad. He he has the semi rad website, and he's a contributor to Outside Magazine. And he was a, he was a great interview. He talked about that, and I told him that you know you think it's an instructional video, right? For just from the title, how to run 100 miles. 
And yeah. I, 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 you know, do my research for his episode. I watched it. I said, oh, let's see what this is. And I realized maybe halfway into it, this is not an instructional video. This is, this is the story of the guy he's running with. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's a great. So, so you, uh, which, which guy is that now? The, the dark haired guy? The kind uh, of. Uh, he is the, I think the main narrator. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yep. The other guy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. He's funny too. Cause yeah. like it starts with him like brushing his teeth or whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Love that one. And, and I love, I'm glad you extrapolated it out to like endurance stuff too, because mm-hmm. that's a great way to get inspired. I love watching these ultra documentaries. They're yeah. so awesome. Um, number two would be the why, and that is an, uh, by Billy Yang. That's a, uh, another hundred miler. Mm-hmm. film um leadville amazing that's a great one because he i love watching the ones where people are struggling because i can i can really relate to that and um like because i've watched some films where it's like they don't have any issues and i'm like oh, that was freaking boring dude <laughs> like it just wasn't that cool um so and i'm smiling because you this is episode eight season two episode eight guess who my my guest was season two episode seven Billy Yang. Billy Yang. Yeah. Dude. Let's go. <laughs> I can't wait, man. Yes. Have you watched his documentary, his YouTube film on the John Muir trail? I watched a little bit of it. Um, I, it's hard for me to watch other people's stuff. Cause I'm, it makes me miss it so freaking much yeah. that like, I just, it's so tough to watch it. So I like kind of skipped through and I knew he was struggling pretty bad. Oh yeah. Which yeah. is cra- Which is like, I get it because like he was, you know, he's not a through hiker, but he's an endurance athlete. I thought like, I don't know, but I guess there isn't some of that over. Well, there is some of that overlap, but some of the times like with gear and gear selections, that's where it really shows you how important that stuff is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Great. A great video. Uh, he really struggled. Like you said, he struggled on, on, on the trail. Uh, and there's a, there's a surprise ending. So I won't give oh, any, really? I'll give anything else away, but there's a surprise ending to the video. Oh, son of a gun. Now I got to <laughs> freaking watch it, dude. You're killing me. Cool. Um, yeah. And he went like two weeks before me, week or two before oh, really? me, actually. Okay. Yeah. North, northbound. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Uh, okay. Number th- three would be, um, so this is, um, oh, okay. Alina, Elena Osborne. How do you? How do you pronounce her name? She did a Pacific Crest Trail documentary, um, and she did it on. Uh, she did it in chapters. That's kind of where I got the um, the chapters for my JMT inspiration. Alina Osborne, yeah. So if you just like Google her on YouTube, she's got like these chapters, like five chapters on the PCT in 2019. Amazing. She's a filmmaker or like studied it in school. Amazing visuals, great narration, really sucks you in. Great, great videos there. Okay. Um, and then, okay, number four would be, I've recently gotten into these guys. This is just kind of like a series, I guess. But the Mediocre Amateurs. So they're a YouTube channel. And they're like, you know, they're like in their mid-40s and stuff. And they're just killing it, man. They're like, um, they'll go like uh, skin up on their skis to Mount St. Helens and they'll ski down. Then the next day they'll go climb hood, ski down. They got all these crazy ultra running adventures that they do. Um, and they just kind of document it with like a GoPro and stuff. And I don't know, their music is great. It's just really inspiring 
humorous, very good series. Mediocre amateurs. I'm gonna have to look them up. I might try and get them on the pod. That's, that's dude. You would love up our alley. Dude, you would love them. They're so hilarious. We, uh, me and my roommates, watch them all the time. It's so okay. funny. Um, number five. Okay, well, just because I can't think of one right now, and so now I'm just scrambling would be the Michael Jordan documentary. This doesn't have anything to do with endurance athletes, but the Michael Jordan documentary, that like 10 part series, the last dance amazing. And that's another one where it's like the great, you know, obsession and greatness. He is on another level and that's pretty cool. Nice. Nice. That's a, that's a good collection right there. Yeah. That's awesome. Hey, Chattahoochee, you know where we are? Where we we're at probably the insider tip. <laughs> That's right, pro tip inside of the week. What do you have for us? Okay, so this is one I've been thinking about. Um, so I think here's a tip for people. Okay, I think you need to. This is kind of like a f- philosophy sort of thing here. So maybe it's a little curveball, but I think people need to prioritize adventure. And so, like, what I mean by that is. I used to be really bad at, um, I always wanted to go have adventures and do stuff outside and do all that stuff. Right. And summer would come and I would get the, it would get there and I would be sucked into doing something for the weekend. And then I wouldn't go. And then, or I'd go out to the bar or I would do this and I would do that. And so basically everything I was putting everything before like the adventure. Right. And so I think, you need, if you really want to like have fun adventures and like get out and make the most out of your summer, you need to prioritize adventure. And so put things on the calendar, give them dates and it's going to inspire you like, you know, through the doldrums of winter that we're in right now to like research more on it, like develop your itineraries, do all that kind of stuff. And I think it's a, a big way for you to actually follow through. So you have it on those dates. That's, that's what you're going to do. You're not going to get sucked into X, Y, and Z. And, um, you go out and you do it and you are a better person for it. You push your comfort zone and now you are rolling. You're on to the next thing. You're on to the next thing. And that's, that's how I've chosen to live my life in the last couple of years. And dude, it's, it's fun. <laughs> it's a good time. That is great. Prioritize adventure. That's probably one of the best pro tips we've had. So thank you. Yes. Yes. Go, dude. Park. Back out of the park. <laughs> All right. So there you have it. That's it. Season two, episode eight is in the books. I hope our listeners enjoyed our time with Chattahoochee. And I want to thank him for joining us this week. Chattahoochee, one more time. How can our listeners keep up with you on social media and where can they find updates on your latest adventures? Yeah, dude. So Instagram and TikTok, by the way. I'm not oh, – TikTok's – TikTok. TikTok? Dude, TikTok's is – I'm, you got to check out the TikTok. Uh, My 20 year old daughter said, dad, you need to do some TikToks and uh-huh. that'll, that'll get your audience numbers up. So dude, dude, I'm, I'm telling you, here's a pro tip. It's got really big organic reach that Instagram and all those other ones don't have. So it's easy to like go viral on it. So probably shouldn't say that. podcast. <laughs> Damn it. Um, but yeah, so Instagram, TikTok, Chattahoochee underscore, um, find me there. And then, um, on YouTube, I'm just Chad Lubinsky on there. Cause I couldn't figure out how the heck to change my YouTube name without changing my email with it too. I don't know. Um, so yeah, check out that 14 part series. It's been hearing some good things on it and, uh, yeah, that's about, about it. Fantastic. Remember to check out the pod on social media as well. We're on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter, and possibly TikTok. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> And if you have comments or clips you want to share, you can send it to me at johnfreakamira at gmail.com. 
that is a wrap from the John Freaking Muir studio. Any shout outs uh, for you, Chattahoochee? Anybody <laughs> just hi to out there? Oh, that is awesome, man. I love that. Uh, yeah, man. I, I would say my awesome roommates. I see one right now, JC. He's actually going to be cooking dinner for us tomorrow. Me and my girlfriend. That sounds so weird, but yeah, he loves to cook. Uh, JC, Marcus, and some we- people, some people guide and some people cook. Exactly, dude. And he's a, he's a bomb cook, except for when he tries to do the Dutch oven in the fire pit outside, we end up burning stuff. So, but anyway, um, yeah, Haley, obviously she's awesome. Parents, mom and dad, Mary and Larry and Brett and Brittany, brother and sister. And yeah, man, I appreciate the time. That was cool. I like the shout out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you for tuning in. Always remember the trail is the trail. It doesn't care if you want to go downhill. It doesn't care if it's almost dark and you're looking for a campsite. The trail is the trail. Embrace the suck. (laughs) Yes. Embrace the suck. No kidding. (laughs) That's totally true. Yep.